Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. Companies must do more or risk costly tribunal cases. And many menopausal tribunal cases have been successful and the claimant awarded tens of thousands of pounds. Welcome back to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast. Today, I am taking you inside the must-knows of how we get to support our female employees in their well-being during menopause. This is a topic of conversation. I was actually invited to write two articles on this for different platforms and magazines, and it really got me thinking. It took me all the way back into my corporate life as a senior manager in the financial industry and really starting to think about what would I have wanted if I was still in the corporate space? What would I be looking for as a woman in her career, in the prime of her career, working, enjoying what I was doing and enjoying the progression, but not feeling well? I want to take you through some of the must-knows. And these are not just, in my opinion, must-knows. These are things that are coming through from all of the developments and enhancements that we are seeing within the menopause support space, the well-being space, And abundantly, so many more workplaces are reaching out to me and my team, asking us to support them with their menopause employee well-being. So this is awesome. I really want to celebrate all of those companies that are doing so. We have had multiple corporates reach out to us to do some lunch and learn sessions, senior leadership training, and even to certify their own in-house menopause support coaches through our menopause support coach certification. So celebrating all of the advancements that we have currently made in the year 2023 and really looking forward to how we progress that, enhance that and really make this a lot more stable for women to remain in the workplace. If we look at the fact that one in 10 women resign from their corporate careers as a direct result of menopause, I mean, this is information from a study. But what we need to be very, very aware of is even though that study was conducted, it was a small pool of women. It was around about 4,000 women that were interviewed for this one. And yes, it was done through a really legitimate and well-known source. So the Fawcett Society for Menopause and the Workplace, they carried this out, they asked, they researched, they looked into it. And understanding that even eight out of 10 women from that study, their key findings show that the employer hasn't shared any information, trained any staff or put in place any menopause support policies or even policy statements. Okay, a little side note to this, having, you know, I'm involved in my own policy writing now, but having been involved in corporate policy writing, it is not a fun place to be. I fully appreciate that there's a lot of red tape that you have to go through to get policies over the line and agreed. And it can be a very lengthy process, needlessly, in my opinion. However, when we take that aside, We can get around this. And this was what I used to look at when we were in a really, really, really heavily regulated environment. We had to have a lot of key 
really red taped policies in place. But we also had opportunities to look at, can we put in policy statements? So where we already have a policy that exists, example, Health and Safety Act, Yeah, we've got policies around health and safety at work. Everyone has to by law in the UK and beyond. Therefore, can we look at a addendum to that where we have a policy statement that overlaps it, that is complementary of it? Yeah, we get to do these things. When we understand that a lot of women do not even approach their GPs or medical teams or doctors for any support, and we will have a lot of women that will then have delays in their support, delays in their prognosis of, can I get help? Do I know where to turn? Yeah, even having a conversation can be extremely difficult for ladies when they don't know the direction that they are meant to take. Now, given that, if we work this out, we work, potentially, if we take a full-time lady, she is working, this woman is working five days out of her seven days. Now, if she is then commuting to and from work, Pretty much most of her Monday through Friday is taken up with her career in her workplace with her workplace colleagues. She is then having two days at home with her family, at home in her own two day bubble. That's a lot of time spent in the workplace energy, a lot of energy that's given to the workplace. So why are we not doing more to support women in their careers and in the workplace, given that one in 10 women resign from their careers as a direct result of menopause. I'm one of them, but it is my vast understanding that actually, if we were to carry out a wider research on this, if we were to ask all of the big corporates and get all of the medium-sized corporates and the smaller-based businesses involved in this, we may actually discover that a lot of women don't understand that it has been menopause that has resulted in the ending of their careers. There are some nuances to this, but we're going to roll with the one in 10 for now. Many other women actually avoid going for promotions because of crippling anxiety, lost confidence. I mean, this was me. Yeah, this is this is literally me. Whilst others resort to stepping down from positions, others are asked to step down from positions and are taken to motions, passing up opportunities. And that is not okay. It's not okay that we are still in this place, in this energy space in the year 2023. That's a career that's been worked at for decades being left behind needlessly. Yeah, if a woman takes the journey, let's just use my journey as an example. Through high school, I knew that I wanted to study business. I went to university and I did my honours degree in business studies with German. Do not ask me to speak German now. (laughs) It's been far too long. (laughs) Out of that bubble. But spending the four years really embodying that, getting inside all of the different parts of business, I realised then that I wanted to get some real good hands-on experience of it so that I could see, did I want to specialise in human resources? Did I want to specialise in marketing? Definitely did not want to do accountancy. That was clear. Still is. (laughs) It's not fun for me. But understanding then that when I went into the large corporate environment that I was very fortunate to go into with one of my very first corporate careers, they were a multinational blue chip company and the career opportunities, there were so many, so many ladders, so many opportunities, so many different projects and an abundance of, yes, why don't you try this? 
So I was very, very fortunate that I had some amazing senior management that really supported my career opportunities. And although I did the four years at university, and that did help, it wasn't until I was in the bones of an organisation doing the do that I fully appreciated the career choices that I had made, the opportunities I had been given and opened up to, and the journey that I was then taking. I was clear on where I wanted to go. That was over 21 years in the career. I'd spent four years prior to that in university studying. And then I suppose if you count the six years at high school before that, that's a lot of my life that I dedicated and spent to then getting into the career that I wanted, the pathway that I was opening up and creating by understanding what I needed to fill gaps wise on my CV. So I would seek out projects. I would look at senior management that I could then look for to mentor me. I would look at the opportunities that were inside and outside of the organisation that I was with. And the ambitious me just kept going until a point that I handed in my resignation because my health came first, above and beyond everything else. And it was scary. Okay, I do not look at that in a light position to say, hey, it was just a resignation and it's all been fine. Yes, it's been fine, but I've still had to work extremely hard with that ambition to get to this point by owning my own company and having my own team. So it's not just the career that I worked for so hard and other women out there, you potentially out there that have done this for decades that you are leaving behind needlessly. It's also a pension pot that no longer grows with employee and employer contributions. And when your employer contributions are double what you are paying in or more, that's a lot of pension money that we as women are being forced to walk away from and leave behind. It's also bonuses. Yes, of course, they're not guaranteed, but bonuses nonetheless that where we meet our objectives and hit all the markers we are getting. Wage rises, career progression, no longer on the horizon, no longer an option anymore because we've walked away and resigned from that career we worked hard to build our reputations for. Now this isn't just resigning from a job, okay? This is leaving behind a pathway, a career that you care about and a financial impact greater than we realise and know. For the company, the costs can be even larger when we acknowledge that although menopause is not a protected characteristic on its own, it is within the Equality Act 2010 under the Age, Sex and Disability Discrimination. Couple that with the Health and Safety at Work Act 1974, and I've touched on this one already, which extends to the working environment when experiencing menopausal symptoms, companies must do more or risk costly tribunal cases. And many menopausal tribunal cases have been successful and the claimant awarded tens of thousands of pounds as a result of discrimination, bullying and even at times harassment claims. So we have to open up our eyes to the fact that if you are listening to this as a career woman right now thinking, Oh God, Adele, I am so close to resigning. There are large impacts to this, but there are also solutions that if this episode meets its objective, you are going to understand how you can support your employer with supporting you and your fellow sisters a lot better. And we get to take that proposal to them and to say, hey, I have 10 ways that you can help me and all of the women in this workplace 
but it goes farther than that. This isn't just about helping women. This is helping human beings because as we know it, our partners are also impacted by our struggles in menopause. So if you are listening to this as a woman thinking, gosh, you're speaking about me right now, Adele. I am so ready to resign. Give it a moment and listen to the rest of this episode. If you are a senior manager in a corporation listening to this, then please take note of everything shared right now from someone who has lived in this experience, but also someone who has a lot of years of experience of being involved in policy, of being involved in health and safety. My role within corporate for years was in health and safety directly and then within business continuity and latterly operational resilience. So I know a lot about this. This is a beautiful risk mitigation that you can put in place in your organisation for not just succession planning, but also your people pillar for your operating resilience. So taking this on board is what I would ask for everyone listening to this right now. Now, menopause might be a natural stage in a woman's life. Yes. Okay. We hear that time and time again, but it can bring about physical, emotional and psychological changes that can impact both personal and professional lives. Now, let me share a little bit of a story with you. I remember parking up in the car park that I would commute to and the car park was approximately a 15 minute, 20 minute walk, depending on how close (laughs) to the pathway you could make it and park. So 15, 20 minute walk there and back from the office in Edinburgh. And on my walk in, I would have to psych myself up. I would have to do deep breathing. I needed the 20 minute walk to calm my nervous system. The heart palpitations were exhausting. The mind of constantly feeling like my brain was going to fall out my head, the pressure, the anxiety, the overwhelm, all of the things. I would walk along in my flats, carrying my heels, and literally before I would turn a corner, I would change out of my flat shoes, I would put my heels on, I would almost metaphorically straighten my ponytail, I would take a deep breath, and I would turn the corner and be Adele that was the corporate Adele not Adele who was struggling in menopause. And at that point in time, I didn't know for sure, suspected, but didn't know for sure that it was perimenopause then because I was only in my 30s. So walking in the door, it would be this whole facade of I'm confident, I am motivated, I am here, I am determined. But inside I'm going, Adele, what are you doing? This is not you. You're exhausted. You don't want to be here. It's really difficult. So when we think about the fact that it is a natural stage in a woman's life, it doesn't mean that we get to just say, well, it happens, deal with it, move on, other people do. So despite this significant event, menopause remains a topic that is often vastly overlooked, still carries a lot of stigma and holds a heck of a lot of taboo and silencing within the corporate workplace. I don't know any corporate workplace right now that is fully embracing menopause support Okay, the ones that are approaching us to go through training, we are working really deep and hard with these organisations to look at how we embed this into cultural conversations. It takes time, but we have to do it. We have to step forward and do more. Okay, this isn't about it being an older woman's time of life. It happens at any age. And as we've covered in past episodes, it can happen from teenage years. 
Yeah, it can happen in 20s, 30s, like it did with me, 40s and beyond. And this is when women, when you think about where you are right now in your career, if you're a corporate woman, you're in your 30s or 40s, you're probably really getting on that career ladder pathway, if not already at the point in your career that you wanted to be at. Let's not risk that. Let's not remove that opportunity for you where you want to fly. You get to spread your wings. So the lack of acknowledgement not only perpetuates these misconceptions, but it also leaves many female employees feeling unsupported. I did. Undervalued. I did. And massively isolated. I couldn't tell anyone the depths of what I was experiencing because I felt embarrassed and judged. How bad is that? So bad. So if we foster a bit more of a menopause-friendly working environment, companies not only can showcase commitment to diversity and employee well-being. Yeah, we always have this talking the talk of we support our employees' well-being, but there's still so many gaps that we see in organisations that we can easily support. Yeah, and we're going to cover 10 ways in a moment that you get to be more supported and more supportive as an organisation. But we also get to tap into our reserve of experience, wisdom and resilience such a powerful word, that can drive your organisational success to new levels when you're women, when women in the workplace have the support, you unlock this next level of goddess and genius. It's amazing. Let's address these 10 ways. I want to go into this with you now and I want to look at breaking the barriers, unlocking full potential of your female employees during menopause because this is important. So number one, we're going to go through 10. You might want a notepad. (laughs) Every week, we need a notepad and a pen for Adele's little steps. Number one, understanding from top down. Okay, this is crucial. So crucial to pay attention to the unique needs of female employees in menopause. So by understanding and supporting their unique journey, business and companies get to create a more inclusive environment. And we've talked about untapping, you know, really getting in there, unlocking, untapping the potential of these valuable team members. But here's how you get to do that. By educating your SLT, your senior leadership team, on what the menopause is and how they actually have a key role to play, you can foster a workplace that helps your female workforce to thrive, to create a better place of work. Because guess what? Women are now making career choices with this as a non-negotiable for themselves to ensure that their health and well-being in their menopause journey is accounted for. And it's only going to get bigger, wider, stronger, better. So we need you to be listening up and looking at your senior leadership team having that knowledge and awareness, not only for in the workplace, but this vastly supports human to human awareness and support for well-being. But it also doesn't just help your current menopausal people, your women, it also can help you to attract into your organisation and become an employer of choice. Drive the conversations, support the undertone from top down, making sure that the conversations are held and had. Point two, menopause support initiatives. When we think about this, there are so many, but one I want to pick out here is a really big one. Flexible working arrangements. While ACAS has introduced new codes of practice, you can get those online, and this surrounds flexible working, 
by offering flexible work options and opportunities, okay, such as remote working. And we're all so familiar with that. Since 2019, we have become a world that have mastered remote workplace, even though, and this is another point to my story as well as I share this, even though I remember asking one of my male senior leaders if I could have more flexible working time to have a day at home. And I was categorically told that my job could not be done from home. Fast forward to 2019, we were working from home very efficiently, very effectively, and it was happening. So flexible remote working options, thinking about the flexibility of where, thinking about the flexibility of when, what hours, or even job sharing. Okay, this allows those menopausal women to manage their symptoms and keep their grace about it. Okay, maintaining a healthy work-life balance. Not every symptom is constant. Some days there may be barely any struggle in the day at all. Other days, she might simply not be able to get out of bed. So having flexibility in your workplace for either a later start or an earlier finish, flexible working patterns, this supports incredibly more than you realise. Okay, in turn, this boosts overall satisfaction, productivity, and a loyalty to that company that you will never know. Point number three, raise awareness company-wide. Okay, implementing workshops are brilliant, but also thinking of things like lunch and learn sessions to educate all employees about menopause, breaking that stigma, fostering empathy and understanding. Okay, it empowers everyone in the workplace, not just the women, to be more supportive and feel more supported. It's inclusive during such a transitional period in a woman's life. But it's not only the female workforce that benefits from this approach, male employees as well. Every human, okay, menopause doesn't just impact women. It impacts every one of us at some point to some degree. So never underestimate the power of removing the shame in the conversation. And in fact, many companies are now investing in enhancing their own in-house menopause support by training with us and doing their menopause support coach certification. So having an in-house support coach certified, very knowledgeable person in the workplace. Yeah, this is like a next level of genius. And these companies are already flying ahead. Number four, wellness programs. Okay, you've got one of these. I know you do. (laughs) I know you do because everyone does. Wellness programs. So we're introducing wellness programs and the focus is normally around physical and mental health. This can massively improve on a woman's menopausal well-being. So it's not specifically about saying it's a menopause wellness program. It's looking at what you have in place already. It doesn't have to be menopause specific, but rather health specific. If you are already encouraging things like morning yoga classes or breathwork sessions, mindfulness sessions, even access into mental health resources, this can alleviate a lot of stress and create a positive work environment that feels supportive. So encouraging wellness moments, I call them, where employees are really encouraged to take some time, even if it's 10 minutes to have a walk in the fresh air or three to five deep breaths to calm their central nervous system during a team meeting or even stopping for lunch rather than working through back to back. That's the power that you as an organisational leader have. You get to make the call to say, 
every Friday, it's important that you take a 10 minute walk. You get to build this in. Or every Friday, that's a no meetings day. Okay, you work Monday through Thursday is your meetings. Fridays are your day, your day to gather your thoughts together, your day for no meetings whatsoever, your day for making sure that you have a self-care slot in there and you leave your desk to go and eat something and move your body. You get to make that decision as a senior leader. And if you're not a senior leader listening to this and you are a woman saying hell to the yes, I want that in my life, then take this as a proposal to your senior leaders. Number five, open dialogue and support networks. Okay, encouraging open conversations about menopause normalizes this as a topic and it allows everyone to seek support from fellow colleagues. Having thought-provoking posters, you can consider this, we can help with it. Dedicating time and energy into Menopause Awareness Month, which is October. We're just around the corner and if you don't already have your Menopause Awareness Month planned, let us help you do that. Reach out. We can deliver lunch and learn sessions. We can do 60 minute sessions with your teams where we can do a little awareness and we can answer questions. Even establishing peer support networks or employee resource groups specifically for menopause can immensely benefit. Okay, significantly. More than you know. So much value. Number six, assessing needs and spearheading change. I love this one. Oh, when I was writing this, I was like, oh, this is a good one. We get to conduct a needs assessment. Now, this doesn't have to be complex. Okay, don't let the words needs and assessment make you feel icky. Begin by evaluating the current state of menopause support within your company. Gather feedback. Maybe work with your HR team or your learning and development or people team, depending on how big you are. And gather feedback from everyone, from every female employee to start with, to understand their challenges. You can do this anonymously so they do not feel like they're being looked at every time they walk to get lunch or a coffee. Get the challenges and look at what their wish list would be for support. Okay, something as simple as asking what the main challenges are and what the solution would be can inform the action that you take that means something. Okay, so how do you truly know what's wanted and needed if you don't ask those that need it. Number seven, more than just a policy. Again, another one that I was like, yes, this is a good one. So we have the new BSI 30416. This new BSI workplace guide is brilliant. It is called, for those of you that are not yet familiar, Menstruation, Menstrual Health and Menopause in the Workplace Guide. It's very helpful. You should go give it a read. But having your own policy written from a meaningful and purposeful menopause support focus is even more powerful. Okay, you get to create this comprehensive policy that outlines the company's commitment to supporting menopausal employees. And that would be the wish. Okay, not wanting to go down long processes, like I say, of complexities and red tapes and years of getting policies over the line. And that's absolutely fine and it's understandable. But make sure that you at least have a policy statement. Okay, ensure it includes a note to flexible working arrangements. Reference it back to your people or HR team if needed. Get them involved and outline what wellness programs you already have. Any educational initiatives that you have already delivered or that you are looking to deliver. So make it more than just words on a page than a tick box. Make it meaningful, more than just a policy. Number eight, embed your well-being. There is 
differences in saying that we have a wellbeing program or initiative, but if you are not embedding it into your people, your organization, the cultural connections, it is meaningless. So design and embed a wellbeing program that considers collaborations with wellness experts. Design the programs that cater to the physical, the mental, the emotional needs of menopausal women. Okay, offer resources that promote the fundamentals of menopause care. There is so much available. This podcast, that's one that's free. Okay, from the proven statement of making menopause mainstream. It involves all of us to do that, all of us in conversation. I developed the reclamation formula, which builds resilience through nutrition, lifestyle and mind, three core pillars that get success every time when women are supported. And you get to bring these practices using positive psychology fundamentals that underpin them all into your organisation. You do not know how powerful this is. These are the foundations that support everything. Number nine, we're nearly there. Establish support networks. So encouraging the formation of employee resource groups or support networks specifically for menopause, these platforms provide a very safe space for women to share their experiences. And we need that. For those of you familiar with psychology and Maslow's hierarchy of needs, safety is on the base of that pyramid. We must feel safe to thrive. So having women feel safe to share their experiences and seek guidance from peers, friendships, even senior leaders when they're experiencing a really difficult time is extremely transformational. So think about encouraging the formation of employee resource groups this is where the in-house menopause support coach really lends value. And final tip number 10, monitor and adapt. Regularly assessing the impact of your initiatives, gathering feedback from all employees, be open to making adjustments based on their needs and their preferences. These can change, these adapt over time and having a champion or an in-house menopause support coach can truly enhance your entire program of delivery. So thinking about how you monitor and adapt, do you build this into your annual or biannual people survey? Do you look at this as a separate initiative? Do you ask in team meetings? It does not matter, but thinking about how you do it and making sure that whatever you do, whatever you embed, whatever you bring into your organisation, you are circling back to monitor and adapt as needed. So now that we've covered these 10 ways to enhance menopause care in your workplace, you should have some direction to go get started. Now, if we can imagine a workplace where every employee feels so comfortable discussing their menopause journey, I mean every employee, every person, not just women, because men are impacted by this too. Okay, we don't want fear. We don't want judgment or embarrassment. We want conversation and support. A place where flexibility is embraced and women can tailor their work schedule to accommodate their changing needs. This is what I wished I had had all those years ago. Maybe it would have stopped me from resigning. But then again, the universe had other plans for me. I wouldn't have been here today delivering this for you if I'd stayed in corporate. So we give thanks and gratitude to the fact that the universe works in very beautiful 
mysterious ways, but I had to trust that that was my pathway. So look at leading the way and becoming a workplace that prioritises the well-being of its people. Offer wellness programmes for sure. Make sure that they promote physical and mental health in menopause. If you can envisage your company where colleagues are not only aware of menopause, but actively supporting co-workers and each other, creating this tight-knit community that celebrates diversity of experiences, that supports and helps endlessly. Such a workplace that fosters loyalty, boosts massive amounts of productivity like you don't believe, and attracts such top talent, creating this thriving and inclusive company culture. This is like legitimately, in my head, I am like, this is total hashtag employer of choice stuff. And you get to make these changes, these enhancements, these improvements. So supporting female employees during menopause is not just a matter of empathy. It goes beyond that. It's a strategic imperative move for businesses. If you want diversity and you talk about this, I know you do. If you want inclusivity, you talk about this as well as success. You need to have more in your menopause care. And by embracing these 10 empowering strategies that I have given you in this podcast episode today, as a business, you can create a workplace that empowers women to thrive during this significant life transition. Leading a more engaged, motivated workforce. Now you get to embark on this journey. You get to embark on it your own way. You get to embark on it together with me and my team. And together we get to foster a culture of compassion and understanding. We get to watch your workplace become more vibrant, resilient. Yeah, I've got backgrounds in that. And truly inclusive. Truly. The word is powerful. So together we are all making menopause mainstream. And by you showing up and listening to this episode today, by gifting your life currency in this space right now, all I ask is that you allow yourself to think on it. Think about what's been discussed. Think about what you've heard and think about how you can move forward from here today rather than just accept that you may not have anything in place in your workplace. What can you do from one of those 10? It does not have to be all of them to make an improvement and enhance how you support menopause in your workplace. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to review. Drop a review in. Make sure you're subscribed. We read every single review that comes in. I love hearing what you make of each episode. And it goes without saying, you are absolutely welcome inside our VIP space by being a subscriber. So go ahead, get subscribed and definitely leave your review. Until next week, when we have another amazing episode coming your way, have the most abundant and vibrant day today. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing, to help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.